I'm Joshua from Ask the Child Whisperer, and I am here to offer you some parenting help that is real life for real life kids. Whether you have a mellow kid or super spicy, I'm the coach for you. Let's jump in today and talk about speech delayed children. Now, many of you are going to think, wait a minute, is my kid speech delayed? Great. This has everything to do with me. And some of you are going to say, oh, no, my kid speaks just fine or talks way too much. So this has nothing to do with me. And this is one critical mistake that we make as a village, because all of us, whether it's your child or not, whether it's your nephew, your niece, your neighbor's kid, a new kid on the playground, we're all going to encounter speech delayed kids. The missed opportunity is that, what, maybe the speech therapist is the only person that gets it, and maybe one of the parents on a really good day when they have a ton of energy and are feeling confident. So what happens is this kid doesn't get the frequency of practice that they need. Uh, So I'm going to give you some cheats into how to think about interacting with speech delay children. And if this is one of your actual children, uh, you know, my goal is always to save your battery so that when you are using your energy, it's a bit more effective, more bang for your buck. So here we go. One thing to remember is that speech delays are not equivalent to cognitive delays. There is a lot of confusion about that, especially if you get overwhelmed or scared if it's your own child. So just because a child can't form words doesn't mean that your child can't understand the words that are being said to them. So very important. Remember, your kid is a sponge absorbing everything. Speech delays generally have to do with two categories, that they are thinking, they may have slower processing. That means they need more time to take in the information and figure out how they wanna respond to it. Therefore, there's a delay in response. Another thing to consider is that if cognitively, say the processing is slower and they're trying to figure out what to say, the other person's rhythm, so if you are a fast talker or if you don't leave enough pauses, then a child then has to figure out, ah, crap, am I responding to the first idea you said or am I responding to your third idea? Am I responding to your fifth idea? And so it becomes a lot more taxing and complicated for a child to condense their idea. And the younger they are, the harder it is to learn to compile your thoughts in a very succinct and short fashion. Next, consider that talking is something we all take for granted, but it involves lots of muscles, breath work, uh, tone, volume. There are a lot of things that have to come together in order for you to respond, to speak, to share an idea. So if your child has very, very weak muscles in their mouth, then forming letters is really hard work. So those are the kids that speak really jumbled or they sound kind of like lazy talkers is a good way to describe it. Kind of like their tongue is just dragging. They're not picking up their tongue when they speak. Um, That's because the muscles are too weak. And so they need a workout to get firmer so that the tongue can hit the points of the mouth that it needs to hit, whether it's the palate or the top of the teeth. Um, If the tongue has to be relaxed or if it has to be in taco formation, 
All of these things have to come together in order for a child to be able to speak. So regardless of why a child is speech delayed, the first thing you want to understand is you have to speak in much shorter sentences. Why? Because if you speak in shorter sentences, you are making the job of speaking easier for the child you're interacting with. For people who are like, well, no, I need to share my idea. Well, you know, helping a child with their speech isn't about you. It's about them being able to connect with the world. It's not about us. It's not about the other kid who's like so excited to share about my little pony. It's like, well, yeah, but we want this kid to respond and sharing your enjoyment or ask a question about the little pony. So it has to be a two-way street. So number one, parents, I'll give you an example. Your kid is wanting to drink some water and you see they start licking their lips. You start going to get water and you say, oh my goodness, are you so thirsty? Do you want a cup of water in your favorite cup? Way too many words, way too many words. So you see your child lick their lips. You say, you licked your lips? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Water or milk? Water or milk? Do you see how I slow down? Really, I'm thinking, hey, what do you want? Do you feel like water? Do you feel like milk today? I'm not adding all that verbiage yet because we're not there yet. So it's much more simple. You are thirsty because I want the child to hear thirsty because if all they can tell me is thirsty, hey, we have done most of the work already. I know what you need, what you want. I also know the urgency at which I have to move because that word gives me a lot of information. Hi, mommy, can I please? Those are all niceties. We can layer in niceties later, but niceties don't help to tell me the urgency. They don't help me to know exactly what you're going for. Therefore, I'm using a lot of your energy on words that don't mean much. Your tone implies the please. Your tone implies the respect, right? And remember also, a kid's tone when they're speech delayed is maybe their only way to rely, relay a sense of urgency to you. So it's not that they're being rude. It's just that that's the only thing they have going for them because they can't say, I am so thirsty. Oh, I am so starving. They can't say all of those words. Um, so remember, tone is their way to give you more detail has nothing to do with being respectful or disrespectful. It's their easy way to convey urgency, need, want, excitement. All right, so you're gonna use less words. When you use less words, it means your child can practice that one main word over and over and over in their head. If your child can imagine a word, if they can hear a word in their head to themselves, the chances of them being artic to articulate it themselves is exponential. If it all sounds one like one big mishmash, they can't imagine that. They can't hear it in their heads. Therefore, trying to mimic it becomes close to impossible. The reason why you speak with very, very short sentences is the goal 
is not for your child to say the whole word, but to begin to mimic at least one part of the sound. So if I say water, milk, water, milk, maybe your kid only can say k. That's the only k. But then I know, okay, that's milk. That's milk. So I'll say, oh, milk. I, he I heard it. I heard the K. Milk. And then you get the milk. But because you slow down and you're working on isolating words, it helps your child feel seen and heard. But it also means that there's going to be action connected to it. So when you spend a lot of time talking to a speech delayed kid, they get really frustrated because they don't know like, so are we just going to talk about this or are you going to do it? Are you going to give me a beverage or not? Are you going to hand me the toy or not? So when you use less words, it feels a lot more enjoyable to them. Like, oh, I've hit the target. Now, bing, 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 I'm going to get the prize, right? I'm going to get a reaction from you. You're going to give me or show me or assist me or highlight that I have communicated well. And so it feels very rewarding to your child when you use less words. It feels like a much easier, more successful interaction. Next thing for those of you that have children that have been battling speech delays for a little while, and for a little while it means um, they start to get a sense that life is happening, it's getting away from them. So this could be an 18 month old, this could be a two year old, this could be a four year old, suddenly they are grouchier or faster or they seem more manic. It's because they're realizing they're realizing they don't have a tool that other people have. And so they're trying to hurry up and do what they can't explain. They're trying to hurry up and have what they can't ask for. And so they know they're missing one part, but they don't want to lose out on that thing, that, that vision they're holding, that want. So they tend to move fast. And the moving fast is I have to hurry up and make it happen because these people have no idea what I need or want. So speed is realizing they don't have the ability to speak and they're not even going to try. So if you have one of these kinds of kids, generally I say, wait, but when I say wait, I put my hand up like a stop sign. So here's a little nuanced tip. When your child is very speech delayed, right, they cannot give you enough words or they're really mumbled and they're starting to realize you don't get them or you're asking them to repeat themselves a lot and kind of the fun in that has worn off. I will start teaching my kids, my clients sign language very basic. You can make up your own signs at home because they have to have at least one way to tell you what they're thinking. And so if you together start to create kind of your sign language or at home signals, then it's another language you're creating your kid. It becomes bilingual. So instead of being like, I have to hear you speak. I'm like, show me your words. Show me, use your hands. So wait is me putting my hand up saying, wait, like I want to make this happen for you. Wait, let me make sure I'm on the same page as you. So asking them to wait means I need more details so I can make this fun happen. If you do this repetitively, children will start to see the wait as something really exciting, 
because they know that you're going to help them achieve whatever idea they have in their head. So we're teaching wait because we want them to be able to signal to us wait because oftentimes we don't realize the world works for kids who talk really well and think quickly. The world doesn't work for things that for people who have to think things over or who are slower talkers. So the ability to tell a parent wait focuses me on them. Not my phone, not the microwave timer, not digging in my purse. So wait from a speech delay child is basically clearing their throat before they speak on a microphone. And so you will start to be really attuned to the wait. So that's why it's one of those huge um, gestures that are really powerful when I work with clients. Also, when I ask them a question, I don't assume to know anything. So it's a slower call and response, if you will. So if I think my kid is thirsty, I say, oh, are you thirsty? But I'm still facing my kid. I'm waiting for a nod or a yes. However, they can say, yep, you're on the right page. I don't assume because by waiting, they start to learn, oh, you want, you're expecting verbal feedback from me. So it increases the rate of practice. So even if it's something you know to be true, 100% in your bone, no, my kid is thirsty. Why are you denying them the opportunity to speak? So in those situations, you pause, you talk much slower, you wait for them to say yes or nod their head. And then I nod my head in return. So you as well have to learn to be bilingual because that promotes a deeper connection between your child. So if your child moans, ah, I say, oh, I heard your yes. Now I know you're thirsty. Yes, thirsty. I heard your yes, you are thirsty. That means the child will want to make that vocalization towards you again, like, oh, that works. You're receptive. You gave me some positive feedback. Nonverbal kids, speech delayed children, oftentimes don't get the recognition or the verbal feedback that they deserve to give them kind of that motivation to keep trying to spit out words, to spit out sounds, to give you gestures, to use sign language, because no one acknowledges that th that form of communication happened. And so they again feel bad or they feel unseen, unheard, or they just feel like someone doesn't really get them. So that's why it's important to validate whatever form of communication your child has, you pause you wait for it, you acknowledge it, and then you move on. And then you offer the word that perhaps in the future will be used by your child. The last thing to understand is that speech delayed children are frustrated most of the day, even when they're happy. Why? Because they can't share their joys with people. They can't share their frustrations. They can't share their curiosities. They're essentially in a vault, right? They're in a vault with clear glass. They're in this bubble. And so they can see everyone else. They can hear everyone else, 
but they, no one hears them. No one hears their thoughts, their wishes, their, uh, their disappointments because they cannot articulate all of those things. So that's why it's really important when your kid is really grumpy, it's because they've been in their own head all day long. And how lonely, how frustrating might that be? I mean, there's days where it's probably amazing because <laughs> they can do their own work. But on the flip side, they can't ask a kid, hey, can you help me dig the hole? I'm tired. They have to dig the hole themselves because they can't create that request. They can think it, but they don't know how to say it out loud. So when your child is really grumpy or really snappy or really intense, remember they've been alone for most of the day in their head. So even if they are with you, if you haven't had enough positive exchanges of moans or sign language or half-formed words or letters, they have not really had a really fulfilling back and forth experience with another adult. So keep that in mind. It's not that your child is grumpy. It's just that they're doing a lot of hard work on their own. So it's time to be empathetic, slow down and kind of see, hey, in this past five minutes, Have I slowed down? Have I allowed them to articulate or make noises or symbols at me so it feels and sounds like an actual conversation? This does not come intuitively to teachers. And the reason I want to tell you this is because oftentimes everyone has great intentions, but the strategies toward supporting a speech delay child are very lacking. So if you have a teacher that you want to understand your child a little bit more, she may need some strategies, Um, feel free to send this out, share this with anyone who may able to change how they interact with a speech delay child, because you will see the shifts. It will be a huge shift if you implement all of these or just one of these, you will start to see a bigger smile on this kid's face. You will start to hear a lot more jibber jabbering if that's all they can do. But you will you will awaken them, you will awaken in them this new heightened excitement about interacting with people at a deeper level. So I hope this finds you well. I hope this is helpful. You can find me on IG, Instagram at Ask the Whisperer. Ask the Child Whisper. I'm forgetting my own uh, site. Or you can look me up on my website at askthechildwhisper.com. As always, send me messages or some feedback, and I hope you have a great rest of the day.